Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's podcast interview with John Henderson, VP and CIO at Chalk Children's. In this segment, Henderson talks about how serving in a variety of IT roles has helped prepare him for the CIO role, the lesson he learned about the importance of having a strong infrastructure team, and how leaders can leverage initiatives like rounding and mission moments to ensure patients are always top of mind. When you stepped into the role, how did you approach it? Getting to know the people in the organization, but then just also looking at uh, priorities. So my approach was to sit down and meet with uh, all the physician leadership, all the executive team, and even some of their direct reports to Mm -hmm. get a sense of what they thought was important. How did they perceive IT at Chalk? And what did they, what things were positive and I also made it really clear, if there's things that you feel are just not working and have not been working, I definitely want to hear that. Um, Don't feel like Mm -hmm. you have to sugarcoat those things. So I think getting that input was really important. From a priority perspective, Chuck has a fairly solid strategic planning process. So at the top line, Mm -hmm. you had a pretty clear understanding of what the top line priorities were. What wasn't as clear was what were the underlying initiatives that supported those. And so having those meetings helped me understand more what what each executive was thinking about or what they felt was important, supporting uh, some of those strategies. Um, And then I'll say the the other part of that process was meeting with each member of the IT organization. That was really important because that allowed me to marry um, what the leadership was saying across the organization with what the folks who were doing the day-to-day support was saying and being able to tie together any common themes and or see the disconnects. Right. It sounds like a really well thought out plan because I can imagine it's not an easy thing to step into, particularly when it is your first CIO role. And was there anyone that you kind of reached out to to get some advice? So yes, Mara Davis is the IO at Texas, uh, who I reported to when I was there. We have a fantastic relationships. I, I always like to tell anyone when I'm talking about this, I had the best possible experience to transition to a CIO role. The way Mara allowed me to run the day-to-day operations of IT in Texas just put me in a position to be successful no matter where I went, I believe. And so uh, because I was able to do that and she gave me the opportunity to to run the day-to-day, coming into this role felt natural. It didn't feel, I didn't feel overwhelmed about it. It felt natural. It felt like an extension of what I was doing in Texas. And so we had agreed that we would talk every other Thursday once I uh, accepted the position here and we still do that. Anytime I had any questions or if I needed any advice on how to approach a scenario, we had that scheduled time to kind of talk through those things. Oh, that's great. And during your time there at Texas Children's, you were in a few different roles. Do you think that the way that you progressed there was a good way to really prepare for a role like this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was really fortunate to serve in the variety of roles having the ability to lead just about every single group within an IT organization just gives you so much perspective. 
and not just the perspective of the outside looking in, but the real perspective. I'll tell you quite candidly, I was extremely hard on infrastructure teams when I didn't have mm -hmm. responsibility for them. And once I actually had the opportunity to, to run the infrastructure teams, I had a completely different appreciation for what those teams do and how mm -hmm. challenging and difficult it is. It didn't change my expectations because I always have high expectations, right. but my appreciation completely changed. I'll say not a quite a 180, but pretty darn close to it. I think one of the things from an IT perspective that's missing in, in a lot of scenarios is you don't get the opportunity to move around and run different organizations to really kind of get a good understanding of it. And I think the fact that I was able to do that positioned me really, really well to lead an organization. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I'm sure that that could be said for a lot of different areas, but especially something like infrastructure, where that's, it's a pretty nuanced, I would think, as far as the skill set there and uh, what they need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about guys who are responsible for keeping your networks up and running, um, mm -hmm. they have to understand not only the, the equipment and the gear, but there's also code involved. And if you think about in a lot of the infrastructure areas, and things are better now, but there was still a lot of command line language and programming that they were doing. And I'm not talking about 15, 20 years ago. I'm just talking about the last few years. And there's still a few that you still have to do some of that. And that's a lot of pressure that those guys have to bear because you can make a simple keen mistake and you can bring the entire network down. When you think about application delivery, you can build custom applications all day long. You're going to go through a very rigorous, if you're mature, you're going to go through a good process of developing some code, testing it before you move it into production. And even if you miss something and you might have some performance problems or you might, something might not work quite right, but it's not going to bring the entire application down and render your whole organization unavailable. So very mm -hmm. different impact. And so you think about all those different types of things that folks that run support the infrastructure have to deal with. Very, very nuanced and in a lot of cases, very, very complicated. That most yeah. people see, that's what actually has to be done to keep your infrastructure up and running and make things available and resilient. Right. So it seems like that's a good experience for someone to have who's thinking about pursuing a leadership role is getting that experience in different areas. and. Are there other things you think are really important to those who are looking to kind of step into leadership roles? Sure. I, I think if you're thinking about moving into a leadership role, I, I think one of the most important things to consider is how you engage and communicate with the people you currently work with. And that can be your peers. That can also be people who are at a higher level than you currently are. And mm -hmm. Thinking about that from the context of what do I understand and know about these individuals and their styles and their personalities that is going to help me communicate with them in a way in which they're going to hear me and it's going to resonate. That element of being in leadership is so important and critical. I don't know that there's a lot of education around that aspect of being in leadership. I think that's mm -hmm. critically important for anyone thinking about it. You have kids, 
have two kids. One of the things uh, I'll mention to you, I was a substitute teacher before, after I graduated from undergrad. Oh, Most wow. Hardest job I've ever had in my life. Ever. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was just a substitute, but it was middle school. And what that taught me is those kids are all different. And I taught at two primary schools, uh, one, one of the most affluent schools in Houston and one of the most economically disenfranchised schools in the district. Mm. The one common thing is all the kids wanted to learn. They all wanted to learn, but the environment was very different. And yeah, sure. everyone personality was not the same. So what I took away from that and what I learned is I had, I had to talk to them each individually. And I had to recognize who could take very stern feedback versus who could not. And yeah. that really helped me from a leadership perspective as I moved into leadership and it kind of drives my philosophy. You treat everyone fairly, but everyone is not the same because their personalities and what motivates them are not the same. And you have to take the opportunity to understand what those things are and how they like to be communicated with so that you can effectively engage with them. Yeah. That's one of the most important things. And that's whether it's a leadership, if you're trying to get someone to buy off on your strategy, it's your peers, no matter who the individual is, you have to take the time to, to understand that if you want to be really effective and you want people to, to follow your vision and gravitate to yeah. it and feel connected to it. Yeah, I, I can imagine that was a really great learning experience. And kind of along the lines of what you were just talking about with IS, and especially being in pediatrics, I would think that it, it's just so important to be able to tie the mission of IS to patient care. And how is that something that you approach? So I think our, my approach with it is we created a signature um, as a leadership team. We spent time on it. And it's focused on how do we want people to experience us? How do we want patients to experience us? How do we want our clinicians and workforce to experience us? And we wanted that experience to focus on excellence, service, and value. So if people walked away from us and someone asked them about their experience, we wanted them to evoke those three elements. And so from a pediatrics perspective, I always feel like it's so easy to get behind the mission of pediatrics. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to serve children and help them get healthy and well? So that's yeah. always, uh, you know, that's important. But I think the other key element to that is grounding. One of the things from a philosophy perspective and approach is we have our teams round in the hospital. Now, it's, we can't do it in the way that we have grown accustomed to in the pandemic. So what we've done, at least from a physician and nursing perspective, is we're doing virtual rounds. So we have uh, tech talks, uh, virtual tech talks with physicians. They come in at certain times. We have designated office hours. They come in if they have questions about anything or if they need help with something, then we have a team of folks that are on those virtual, uh, virtual calls to help them solve their, their, their challenges or anything of that nature. So we're doing that aspect of it. But the rounding piece is so critical because a lot of times from an IT perspective, you can get disconnected from the mission, mm -hmm. what you're actually here to do. And so that's critically important. I think also because we don't have the ability to, to round uh, in person today, 
we try to do what we call these mission moments where anyone on the team, particularly in the leadership team, we try to articulate a story about some work we're doing in a particular area and what the impact is to the patient and how it's either going to help the patient or it's going to help the, the care delivery process to kind of keep those connections to the mission and to the patients that we're serving so we don't lose that. Right, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Just even uh, doing things like rounding has changed, but as long as they're still getting that value out of it, that's the important part. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that covers what I wanted to ask. I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to touch on, but um, yeah, that definitely covers what I wanted to ask. So um, really appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.